is up Cinnabites and Deadites of the Universe. Tis I, Christy. And me, Kelly. And you are back joining us once again at Unnerved on our 25th episode. Woohoo! <laughs> I can't, I, I'm shocked. I know, I'm so <laughs> proud of us. We've almost been doing this a year now. I know, that's crazy to I me. know. It's exciting though. I know. I would actually went out and we did something and I'm happy with what we made. And we stuck to it. Yes. Yes. I'm so happy and I'm happy <laughs> all of you are joining us. Yes, welcome. <laughs> welcome. Well, for since it's our 25th episode, we thought we would do something fun and do a sequel double feature. Yeah, a little bit different. A little different. So we're kind of continuing stuff that we've already watched, mm -hmm. but we're watching the sequel. So... We're covering Hellraiser 2 from 1988, and we're covering Evil Dead 2 from 1987. Yeah, happened to be right next to each other. We didn't plan that. Nope. Happy Just, accidents. Like I said right before this, happened to accident. <laughs> so, I'm very... I'm very excited to talk about these movies. These are very polarizing movies to me. Very much so. And also comparing them to the first movie. Oh, we have a lot to talk about. Oh we my have gosh. much to discuss. So unlike our other uh, shows where we kind of give the full synopsis and our behind the scenes while we go through the movie, we're just going to give a brief plot and we're just going to talk about yeah. the movie and our fun facts and taglines and anything else that we have oh that we gosh. normally do. But since we're covering two movies, we don't want to spend too much time going through the plot of these movies. Yeah, it would be... It would be quite the long episode. It'd be almost two hours long. Yeah. That's too long. We like to talk. It could be more than that, you it know? It could have been, but <laughs> no, we'll, we'll save that. We'll, we'll, we don't need to go into the plot. We kind of already know the worlds of these stories, but mm -hmm. we want to have a discussion. And you ha if you haven't listened to our Evil Dead episode or our Hellraiser episode, go back and listen. Stop. What are you doing here? Stop. Go back. <laughs> we love you, but no, go. Listen, and <laughs> no. then come back. Okay, welcome back. <laughs> <laughs> you listen to them? Good. All right. So, we're starting off with Hellraiser 2. Yes. Because you'll find out why. <laughs> Should we do cast real quick? Hit us with a cast. Okay, our cast is, and it's a lot of the same people from the first movie. Yeah. But so, just a refresher. Yes, so... First, Claire Higgins is Julia Cotton. She looks a lot better in this movie. I know things yes. were happening. She was like the 80s babe in the She's first. She's playing so much better in the second movie. Her hair's a lot better. I think that's part of it. She looks younger. It's longer and not David Bowie. Yeah. Yeah. Which, it helps with her, her facial structure. It does. She looks actually very nice. Um, And then Ashley Lawrence is Kirstie Cotton, her daughter. Kenneth Cranham. Stepdaughter. Oh, yeah. Stepdaughter. You're right. You're right. I got you. Kenneth Cranham as Dr. Philip Chenard. He also becomes the Chenard Cenobite, who I think is being piloted by Leviathan. Yes. Okay. Then Emogen Borman, I might pronounce that wrong, is Tiffany, the young girl who is mute for most of the movie and then has a few lines towards the end. We'll get into that because I have some problems with Tiffany's character, but it's fine. It's fine. Doug Bradley, <laughs> again, as Pinhead. Nicholas Vince as Chatterer, Simon Bamford as Butterball. Those are all the same actors from the original that came back to play the Cinnabites. But then Barbie Wilde is the female Cinnabite, also known as Deep Throat. 
um, who is a different actress than the first movie. Because yes. the first movie's actress had a lot of issues with the makeup and getting that put on. Because, I mean, it's like a full body. Yeah. Yeah, so, different lady. And then Sean Chapman is Frank Cotton, who is... <laughs> it's me! Frank! <laughs> it's me! Uncle Frank! <laughs> yeah, so... Jazz hands. <laughs> and then the story, again, is by Clive Barker. Yes. And this time it's directed by Tony Randall, who is different than the director of the first movie. And I can't remember who directed the first one, but... That happens a lot, from what I understand, to sequels like this, is that oh, yeah. a new director tends to come on. Freddy Krueger, for example, like the Nightmare on Elm Street, there's a different director every single movie. Right. It's crazy. It's so, weird, but it's, it's interesting. It's common in the horror world, not as common in any other genre. Right. So, yeah. Alright. So... Very brief plot synopsis. We pick up where we left off. Kirstie's in a mental hospital. Mm -hmm. She's getting all checked out. Steve apparently left. And he, we don't see him again. Steve does, Steve's no longer important. Forget Steve. I miss Steve. I like Steve. Steve was fine and they just decided, nah. So she's getting checked out. We also see some brain surgeries happening with Gennard. He, then we find out he's studying. Mm Mm-hmm. The puzzle boxes and the labyrinth and everything. He resurrects Julia. Yep. Julia nom noms on a mental patient who thinks he's seeing parasites coming out of his skin. Oh, so disgusting. Very gross. It's a very visceral scene, which... It almost... It's my favorite gore moment because okay. of all the blood. This was too much for me. This made me not. Yeah, halfway through you're just like, mm-mm, nope. Nope. You just let me know when she's done slurping him down. I mean, it was her (laughs) smoothie, and I really do mean smoothie. (laughs) Oh, yeah. So, that's my favorite gore moment. Favorite death kind of happens later, Mm because it's not really my favorite death, but, like, there's just a lot of blood in the scene. It, yeah. So, as we're kind of going through, Julia's back, Kirstie finds out, she gets a puzzle box, Julia's mummified and she's slurping down all these other bitches yeah chanard is feeding her people to eat yeah she's sticking skin back on her and she comes apart at the seams throughout the movie every once in a while yeah. it's icky yeah it is icky so Kirstie's ends up in the in the labyrinth and so does tiffany and, and Julia. tiffany's a master puzzle solver that's why she's important chanard was using her in order to unlock the puzzles yeah yeah yeah, he's got three different puzzle boxes, and it's kind of obvious which one was from the first movie. They're all slightly different in design. Mm-hmm. That's why I'm just like, go for that one! <laughs> I want to see what's in the other ones! <laughs> no, go with the one you know, girl! <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, when they end up in the labyrinth, she's looking for her dad because of a she bizarre thinks- message that she received in her dream. She thinks her dad is in hell and yeah. that he needs help. Mm-hmm. She goes in there... It's not really dad. It ends up being hey, Uncle Frank. It's me. Uncle, Uncle Frank. In his bizarro hell, Julia gets her revenge there. Mm-hmm. Stabbing Frank. Yeah. Chenard becomes a Cenobite. Stab, stab, stab. He's yep. causing havoc and everything. Tiffany and Kirsty do their thing and they battle it out and out and they escape into the real world and that's pretty much the whole movie. Oh, and then the that other- is the very rushed. I think version of this movie. Yeah. But the only other thing I would note is that we find out the Cenobites are hum- originally yes. human. Yes. That have been transformed into 
We see that in the this. very first scene. Yes. And that's, really, that's all I think you really have to take away, from what I understand. Yeah. Um, I'm just gonna go out and say it. This was awful. I was about to say, Kelly, tell me your opinion. This was booty cheeks, as my brother would say. Absolute booty cheeks. It was <laughs> not an entertaining <laughs> watch. Your brother is so chaotic. <laughs> he is. He's a chaotic, neutral individual. Very much so. But it's just, oh, oh my gosh, what was that? And I loved the first movie, so I had high expectations for the second, and that was just, someone came over with a lawnmower and made sure I got chopped up into little bits. Like, hmm. <laughs> what did you think of this movie? Because this was my first time watching it. This was my second or third, because I don't, go back and watch the sequels of Hellraiser very frequently. I think I plowed through maybe five or six of the movies in one sitting. I'm yeah. just like, all right, I'm done. <laughs> and you even said to me, you're like... I'm like, I never promised you that this one was a good <laughs> sequel. I never promised. I said, it's a movie. It's a, it, <laughs> it, 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 it is a movie. I can't disagree with that statement. That is factual. It's just not well put together. Not no. well thought out. I watched a interview, about a 10-11 minute interview with Sean Chapman, who plays Frank Cotton, and it basically was him shitting on the movie. It's not good. No. <laughs> it's he, very bad. Attention to detail is off. Like, he was talking about, there's the scene with Frank, and there's these women underneath just white bedsheets that are coming out on these white-like slabs, and he's like... That doesn't make any sense. They would have been mattresses. There would have been some kind of BDSM element, which is part of the reason this movie was so popular with people in the first place. Yeah. It just, it missed, it was confusing. I, what I wish had happened for this sequel, the follow-up to the first one. I'm not talking about the other sequels, I'm talking about this one. <laughs> because in conjuncture with how this is set up. I wish... That instead of bringing back Kirsty right away, mm -hmm. that we got the whole backstory of Pinhead. I agree. Instead of all this, and then possibly seeing his viewpoint through the labyrinth and how he and ending the movie with him turning into Pinhead. So him going through like different rooms, like a prequel. Yes. So him going through different rooms and experiencing all this torture and pain and pleasure and actually seeing what the labyrinth is and about and maybe see like his tormentors and or even bring in the other Cinebites, how they ended up becoming his a group. lackeys. Something, even, yeah. But if you were to go down the Kirsty route, have her get trapped in Labyrinth. Yes, maybe show Pinhead that he was once human. And maybe even make Kirsty stuck there. Yeah. I And set that up and have her become like Pinhead's like partner in crime and have her be part of the It would have been a lot more interesting. It there it was so jarring to jump in between the labyrinth and then we would keep going back to reality. Yeah. It was not translated well. No. Or I mean the original idea for this was to have Julia overpower the Cenobites, essentially, and mm -hmm. her becoming the new quote-unquote queen of hell. Which, that was because when they made the first movie, this was green-lighted so quickly, they never had a chance oh, yeah. to react to the fact 
that people resonated with Pinhead and not Julia. So they chose the wrong antagonist for this movie because they... And then they had to rewrite it as soon as they <sighs> came to terms with that. Like, at the very end, she was supposed to come out of the mattress, like, straight up as the Queen of Hell. Maybe with a bloody crown or something. That'd be kind of cool. But that doesn't happen. She's She died. Is she dead? She dead, sure? dead. She okay. dead, dead. That was not clear either. No. Well, maybe she's not dead, dead. Maybe she's just trapped in Labyrinth and she has no hope of getting out. But like, like Frank? But, like, the whole mechanism starts to fall apart near the end of the movie. It does. So, I would assume that she's dead because she was allowed to come back working for Leviathan mm -hmm. and bringing new clientele. And she wasn't a Cenobite, so I, I don't know. No. It's very confusing. I think she's on her way to being a Cenobite. Yes. She wasn't there yet because it was obviously so soon. Because we, when we look in the flashback, Pinhead is kind of like mid or after a war kind of feel. It almost feels like he's part of a safari, like he worked in an African desert yeah, feel I'd to it. I'd say that he's been like that for a couple decades. I wouldn't mm -hmm. say too many, but I'd say maybe like 20 to 30 decades. Okay. So... Going, doing that, but with Julia, for who's been there for maybe 48 hours. Yeah, Because Percy's in a mental hospital, and right. it seems very soon, right after the first movie. It pretty much seems to pick up where it left off, for right. sure. So I would say, at most, 48 hours of Julia being dead. I, it's, it's very odd. I, and I agree with you about the whole pinhead thing. I... Love the fact that they used to be human, but I don't think they went about it the right way. I don't think that he needed to refine his humanity. Maybe no. just remember that, yeah, he's human, but it also coming to terms with this is who he is now, and he enjoys it. I also really like the idea that he never would have forgot. Like, yes, I know that's who I was, but I'm such a badass bitch now. Right. Like, it would have, to know that, and for her to hand over this picture and him by, like, yeah, that was me. Like, And give him a power boost. Yes, his floating chains, heckin' awesome. Yeah, but we don't see enough of it. I know. Maybe change up the design of the chains when he's in the Leviathan, or the Labyrinth, or anything like that. Like, make him even more powerful in there, because that's his home turf at this point. And this Against Julia. This like, make him... Yes. Even more of a badass. Even if you take his power and just amplify it a little bit more. Make the chains even Give bigger. Give me something new. Spikier. Like, do something. This didn't feel to... This didn't add anything to the universe for me. No. It just took what kind of worked in the first one. It took what we knew and, like, like Jenga, it toppled over and yeah. now we have to reset it up to maybe see what the third movie is. Which I haven't seen. No. Uh, I know you have. I'm not sure I want to. A lot of these went straight to, D like, VHS and DVD throughout the years. I think the new movie should be coming out to theaters. Okay. I think there's, like, eight or nine, maybe ten. There's a lot. And his lines didn't give the same kind of punch as that first movie. That, you know? Yeah. The, he has some just zingers in the first one and this movie i didn't feel the same pinhead presence 
that I had in the first. Yeah. I, I just wish that we dived deep into what the labyrinth is about because we saw we how they because we saw how they affect the real world in the first movie. Mm-hmm. Awesome. But like how did Deep Throat become how she was? How yeah. did Chatter become Butterball, like, and why, and we see, what is it, Chatter? What were their vices that, like, their right. sins? Because Julia is corrupted by lust. Yes. And they so come, is Frank. So is Frank. But Frank is just a douchebag trapped in a room who's, <laughs> who's relying on these strong female presences to bust him out, whether True. that be Kirsty or Julia. True. He's not doing anything for himself. He's making other people do the work for him. He's a pitiful, skinless, creepy man. Creepy douchebag uncle. Yes. And he can just go away. We don't need him in this movie. And, and he was not needed. Part of the reason it, this also feels so weird is that the actor who played um, Larry Cotton, her dad, wouldn't come back for the second movie. No. And they had planned a lot of the script and storyline on him being in this movie. So when he disagreed and said he wouldn't come back, the rewrites had to happen, and honestly, they should have scrapped it and started over. But they didn't. And it feels weird because of that. Yeah, it's just... It, it, if they had just taken their time instead of rushing the sequel... I mean, yeah, it's fine that it got greenlit post during post-production. Mm-hmm. That's fine. At least then you know that you can start working on something that could be fulfilling. And then also see what the reviews say and then tweak what people are saying and make it better yeah. with what people want, not write something, oh, all these problems are happening, well, let's just change it for the worse instead of scrapping it and rewriting it yeah. to make it better. And the thing I, I also struggle with is that Clive Barker was on this movie again, so what happened? Also based on his book series. Yeah, what happened? I don't know. I don't think he had as much control as he did the first one. I That's my agree. thing. That's I, what I think. I agree with that. Because even Sean Chapman, in that interview I listened to, plays Frank Cotton, he says he doesn't even remember seeing Clive when he was on set. Yeah. I, I don't think he had nearly as much creative input or presence than he did in the first one. I think that they just kind of used his name. Mm-hmm. Just to be like, oh, we're bringing back the person that you liked writing it and slapped his name on there for people to be drawn in. Because he's a very famous author. Yeah, in the first movie, like like I said, I loved it. But, yeah, I just... This missed the mark in just so many ways. So many ways. Um, I really, really struggled getting through this one. This one was just... And I don't don't know, Kirsty... Eh. I miss Steve. I'm okay. Yeah, I, I miss Steve, too. I wish that Steve was around and make it, like, Kirstie, Steve, and Tiffany working through these problems. Against the world. Um, I was gonna say, I have problems with Tiffany. And I do. She is mute, and we find out her backstory is that her mother brought her to Dr. Channard because she was obsessed with puzzles, and she wanted her daughter to seek some psychiatric or psychological help for that. And when he realized, uh, the doctor realized that Tiffany was good at puzzles, he kills the mom, which we... And practices brain surgery and stuff on her. Yeah, and basically keeps Tiffany hostage, and through that interaction, Tiffany 
decides no, to no longer speak. Doesn't Tiffany also, like, she stops speaking and then is puzzled and then taken to the hospital because didn't her dad die or something? Yeah. So, her dad dies, then she becomes mute. Her problems aren't being solved, she's not talking. Well, I'm pretty sure she wasn't mute until her mom died because her mom was killed in front of her. That could be it, too. But she, after her dad's death, she became obsessed with puzzles as a way to deal with the grief of losing her father. Yeah. I think that's what, again, confusing. <laughs> like, we should know this, and it's confusing. Um, but I have problems with it because then, classically, she, her first word is shit, right? And it just feels, there's, there's so much room for character development there that I feel was completely missed. Yeah. It's just... <sighs> now, I will say, uh, we are being very... We're being hateful. very hyper hypercritical, but we just want to preface that we loved the first one. Well, and the, and the second one just kind of... Special effects is very what good. got it a higher score than Same. it should have. And the acting. The acting's not bad. It's a problem with the writing. Yeah, it's the writing. That that's the problem. Because actually, I liked the angle Julia took. I was liking the direction she was going in. I was like, oh, it's kind of a a bad lady in town, and I liked that. But it too much of a departure from the first movie didn't quite connect well. And that's not it's not Claire Higgins' fault. That's no. the writing. So yeah, it's I don't know. I don't have much else to say about my opinions about this movie. I think I've made it very clear what I wished happened. Yeah. What there, I did and didn't like. Do you have any taglines for this movie? I do. There were a couple other things. There were some continuity issues because of cut scenes. Like, Chatterer has eyes in this one. And that... there He didn't have it on the first one. Right. There was a, supposed to be a scene where it's like a flap of skin or something that comes off. That was originally filmed, not included. So people were very confused by Chatterer's look in this movie because of that i think they had to change it because of what happened in the first one though because he required it the guy who plays him because he couldn't see really in the first one and then people sat on him and he was very lonely yeah he was a sad man big sad man i think butterball also had a few other little design changes too to help him well even pinhead looked a little different which makes sense it's a different prosthetic team and stuff makeup team i'm sure yeah um I mean, he had the same look. It's just, I could tell the prosthetic was, deep, like, different. Yeah. Do you want to do taglines first, do or do you tag- want me to do my few last fun facts? I'll do the taglines. Okay. Um, Hit so, it. this is, there's only a few. It's, they will tear your soul apart again. The horror continues. Clive Barker takes us on a descent into, and then Hellbound, Hellraiser 2, it will tear your soul apart again, and time to play. Cool. So, this kill count, we had 11. Holy cow. As opposed to the first movie, which we weren't doing kill count yet when we did the first movie. The okay. first movie had six. 11 in this movie? So we uh, we almost doubled the kill count. Well, because all the Cinnabites, except for Pinhead, died. So... I had a question about that, because I did look this up. They come back, though? Thing is, they die and come and are resurrected frequently. Okay, so that's just something that's normal. It's normal in this universe. I didn't know that. Yes. 
So okay. we have 11 deaths. Dang. As opposed to the six. I mean, unless you want to count all the extra bodies that Julia slurped up in the hospital patient. Yes, <laughs> and... all those were counted. Okay. Yep, we, we had quite a few deaths. It's Woo-hoo. it's fairly gory. They did have more blood. It oh, was yeah. It went up a factor. If we kept the gore and everything, the, yeah, just just change the writing. <laughs> yeah, it would have been fine. So I have a few last fun facts before we jump into grading. Okay. So the horn that is sound uh, in the Leviathan is Morse code for God. Ooh. Fun fact about that. Uh, this film, along with the Titanic... From 1997, holds the record for the most times two characters repeat each other's names. Jack! And Kirsty, probably. Tiffany and Kirsty. Tiffany and... Okay. Because Kirsty says Tiffany like every other sentence. Tiffany! Tiffany! <laughs> Listen to me, Tiffany! Um, you do really. Oh my god, Tiffany. <laughs> oh my god, he went to Tiffany's. He went to Tiffany's. <laughs> Um, and then Dr. Chenard, his name was originally going to be Dr. Malhide, uh, kind of a uh, throwback to, like, Children of the Corn type, type stuff. Ooh, we should watch that at some point, by the way. We should! Um, the director, Tony, claims that the dark tone of this movie reflected his mindset of the world at the time. That's, that's a little messed up, bud. That's really sad, because then he's just constantly confused. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I mean, aren't we all? (laughs) I think he's far more confused (laughs) than most. Yes, I would agree with that. Um, and then, yeah, that's, that's all I had there. So you want to grade this shit? Yeah. Let's do it. So, Christy and I both grade each movie we watch. Over five questions, each on a scale of 1 to 10, for a possible score of 50, and a combined total score of 100. We haven't done that yet. Haven't gotten 100 out of no. anything. I don't know how close we've gotten. We're hypercritical. I think the, clo- the currently the top one uh, for us, between the two of us, if you count just our scores, is 89. It's pretty high. And then if you count the one that we had to guess, which is currently the number one spot, The Mist, is currently 90. Okay. So we've gotten close. Yes. Um, but yeah, I'm ready. I'm ready to talk about this. Alright, so first question, was this movie scary slash was it a good horror sequel? (laughs) A one. I give it a two. I mean, I think for everything we just talked about. Yeah, the only reason why I gave it a two is because of the nice gore moments. Okay. Okay. How was the acting? I gave it a five. I was okay with it. I wasn't, like, upsetting. I gave it an eight. There are far worse movies we've watched where the acting is either iffy or not as enjoyable to watch. And honestly, the acting didn't detract me. It was fine. Yeah. So. Special effects. I also gave this an eight. Eight. Samesies. Was it a compelling story or have an interesting twist? (laughs) I gave this a one. You gave it a four. Okay. I see they tried. Did they? <laughs> I see that they tried. <laughs> um, You're being very generous. I am. Uh, how was the character development slash writing? I gave that a three. I gave it a four. Okay. Because they tried. They added <laughs> some new characters. 
few new characters. Some of that really interesting stuff with the Cenobites and the human backstory. They did give us a glimpse into the, the other world. Mm-hmm, they did. So, props. So I give this a total of 21. 23. So, <laughs> so this one is just barely beating Leprechaun, which is our bottom barrel. Yeah. Our, our failure on the list, which I would watch Leprechaun before this, I, but as I a movie. Never, I never want to see this movie again. As a movie, it's conceived better than Leprechaun. Yes, it is. That's why it has a slightly higher score. But it's also just below my buddy Valentine 3D by one point. Jensen Ackles is that one point. <laughs> and above that is Willy's Wonderland with two more points. Okay, Willy's Wonderland is And that was Nick Cage amazing. saving. <laughs> Alright, so, closing the book on Hellraiser 2. Yeah. Let's move on to what we deemed the better sequel yes. of the week. Mm-hmm. Evil Dead 2, Dawn which is my favorite yeah. Evil Dead movie. So I can't say yet, because I have yet to see the third one, Army of Darkness. <laughs> but this is this was also my first watch, so I had not seen Evil Dead 2 before. I will quick do the cast, and then we can t- kind of yes, talk yes. about it. So, obviously, uh, my favorite, Bruce Campbell, plays Ash Williams. Gorge. Sarah Barry is Annie Noby. She's kind of the... She's the female love interest, kind of, in this movie. Uh, Dan Hicks is Jake. Cassie Wesley is Bobby Joe. And Richard Dormeyer? Dormeyer? Yeah. As Professor Ed Getley. They really just call him Ed. I don't remember there being a professor ever in front of that name, but that's how he's listed. And then, again, this is our, the trio. This is Sam Raimi as the director, Rob Tappert as the producer, and Bruce Campbell as the star. Which doesn't normally happen... But I gotta say, it's real good. <laughs> we watched it, and you were just like, oh my gosh, that was wonderful. That was, this movie, I want to go and buy the Evil Dead series now. I've yet to see the third one, but, like, I haven't thought about buying a DVD for any of the movies we've watched yet, except for this one. It is fabulous. I absolutely <laughs> love this movie. Yay! In my opinion, the third one is kind of the weakest, because it loses a lot of horror elements. It becomes looks a little like bit more we're fantasy. going in the comedy direction. But it's hilarious and a good time. We're still going to cover it because okay. we got to close the book on a series at some point. But. Oh, this was this was a delight. Should we go <laughs> through a quick synopsis of this? Yes. You want to do the synopsis? Oh, gosh. Since I, I zipped through the Hellraiser one. So we start with some recap of the first movie. There was a little bit of... Like, oh, is this a remake of the first movie? Of this, of like, this is a different, or is this a sequel? It is a sequel. Yes, they only had to reshoot it because New Line wouldn't give them the rights to reuse shots from the first movie. Yeah, so we Which is bullshit. Yeah, it's stupid. So we get all of that where, you know, he's with Linda, they're up in the cabin, Linda gets uh, possessed by a deadite, and then you get the evil force going through the house and going into Ash's mouth, which, according to Bruce Campbell was actually supposed to kill him. Like, they they assumed he was dead at the end of the first movie before they did a sequel, which I didn't know. Yeah. Um, but, so... He not. He then gets, yeah, he gets pulled around everywhere. The forest kind of takes over and does whatever, and then they take 
It takes Linda's body, does a weird dance sequence in stop motion. She attacks his, her body, attacks him with a chainsaw. He goes through this whole thing of being tortured by the evil that is in the house because it's essentially possessed him in different ways. And um, possessed the house, too. All yes. the different knickknacks and whatnot. And meanwhile, in another location, we see um, Sarah Barry as Annie and then professor ed together and she's relaying that her dad they found the necronomicon but there were a couple of missing pages and that they have the missing pages and they're going back to dad and the cabin finished translating yeah and that is the cabin where bruce is currently at yeah so we know they're coming and they eventually meet uh bobby joe and Jake. jake and so they're on their way but meanwhile ash is like literally dying in this house he's getting beat up his hand ends up getting possessed he does cut it off <laughs> at one point he has a stump he finds a shotgun he's fending everything off he shoots through the door because he hears something outside it turns out it's the four idiots <laughs> the four newbies the four newbies and they get upset with him lock him in the cellar like what the heck you just tried to kill us and they assume that ash killed um Sarah's, yeah, no, sorry, Annie, I'm getting her name and the actress's name mixed up. They assume that he killed her parents. Um, obviously we know he didn't, <laughs> but <laughs> they find out her parents died because of the Necronomicon, and then her mom comes back all possessed. Pretty much all of the newbies die. Uh, we do get a wonderful scene of Bruce Campbell cutting, after he cut off his arm, he makes a rig where his chainsaw becomes his arm, and he has a sawed-off shotgun, on his back, and he's just a mo- he's just a super badass dude. Um, Groovy. And then she <laughs> performs the final thing. They find out he's essentially the chosen one, and that they have to open this portal to send back the evil and destroy it. Um, they they don't figure out that he's the chosen one. We figure it out. Yeah, we know, <laughs> but they don't. So she does this whole thing. She dies right after she finishes this, the spell. He gets sucked back in time. Along with all this deadite stuff. Um, and and the car. Yeah. And, and, yep. Pretty much all of it. They all yep. get sucked back, except for the newbies, because... They all dead now. Ash Williams is the only one that matters. And... Preach. Um, he kills a flying deadite with a shotgun, and the people of the medieval times that he is transported back to hail him as a hero, and that's kind of where it ends with him screaming. Like, No! <laughs> Yep. Oh, what a delightful movie. A lot of it is Bruce Campbell acting. Yes, uh, and a lot of improvised stunts. He did his mm-hmm. all his own stunts. Yep. A Except for of... one. He didn't fall down the stairs by himself. That yep. was his stuntman. But pretty much all the other stunts he did. I had watched, um, there is a very, very good documentary. If you want to watch something on just the Evil Dead 2, it's called Swallowed Souls, The Making of Evil Dead 2. Highly recommend it. It's a very good watch, but, um... It'll be in the description. Yes, I will, I will add it. But that has a lot of, like, the stuff we'll probably talk about here. But if you want to dive deeper, go, 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 go do that. Go do that. (laughs) Watch the movie first. I highly recommend it. Do an Evil Dead marathon, and then do what you will with your own research. Was that a pretty good synopsis? I went real quick there, so... I mean, I went super quick with Hellraiser, so yeah, I think that ended up pretty good. Oh, thank you, thank you, thank you. So, 
How did you like this This was movie? absolutely amazing. I cannot give this movie... Just like I hated Hellraiser, I absolutely love The Evil Dead. <laughs> um, this was better than the first movie for me. Same. Like I said, it's my favorite. And it's uh, Bruce Campbell's favorite, too. It is. He, he does really like this. I mean, it helps that he's easy on the eyes. Yes, uh, because he worked with a body uh, builder. Yep. <laughs> and apparently he was on, like, a very, very strict diet, and um, I think his co-worker was, yeah, Sarah Berry, who played Annie, she talked about how he had a very strict regimen, he got up in the morning, he always did his, like, weightlifting, all he did was drink water and eat healthy foods. You could tell. We should also note that this movie was, this was 1987. They filmed the first movie 1979-1980. Yeah. So, it's been quite a few years since the first one, and the reason for that is that Sam Raimi went on to try and make a different movie, and it was called Crime Wave, and it absolutely flopped. It was, it was terrible, it got terrible reviews, it did not take off, and after that, no one would take him on. They didn't want, you know, oh, one and done, that didn't work, we're not going to spend our money on you, and the only way that they could get to making movies again was to agree to a sequel for The Evil Dead. So that's what they did. And it's great. It's wonderful. It is, it is so good. Love. My favorite scene in the entire movie is when he sticks the shotgun on his hand, saws off his shot, or not the shotgun, the chainsaw on his hand, chainsaw, like, saws off, and has a soft off shotgun with his hand, his chainsaw hand, and then he flips it around, he puts it in his little saddle on his back, and he goes, groovy. It's the best scene. He's, <laughs> it, it is so good. He has a line like that in the third movie that's <laughs> also very good. <laughs> it was improvised, approved before shooting, and then he said it. Yes, I am looking forward to the third movie. Not going to say what it is. <laughs> If anyone out there has seen it, you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> <laughs> um, very good. I just, I can't give this enough praise. It, the special effects are great. Oh, yeah. Um, Bruce Campbell's acting is amazing, and I love it. I don't really care for the other people. Honestly, I only care about Bruce Campbell, which is I probably mean, part of it. He's 85% of the movie anyway. <laughs> <laughs> and he did a, it, a very fantastic job. It definitely borderlines comedy and horror. Well, we discussed in the first movie that they were heavily inspired by the Three Stooges. Yeah. So, it does turn a little bit more slapstick, and they were trying not to get an R rating, but they still ended up <laughs> being unrated. <laughs> they ended up being unrated, and they made their own fake production company called Rose, or distrib it was Distribution. I always get those two mixed up. Yeah. It's called Rosebud, but they faked it so that they could release it in theaters because they couldn't get anything under, like, an X rating. Yeah. Which, they tried everything. They tried changing mm -hmm. the color of the blood. They did off-screen shadow effects mm -hmm. instead of, like, on-screen when Bruce slices open his his now ex-girlfriend's head into with the <laughs> chainsaw or like all this other stuff that we see off screen we just see the silhouette of instead of, like we have green blood we have blue blood we have black blood yeah we, we do have the red blood still like they tried all these different things to try not to get <laughs> an I... x or unrated and they still mm -hmm. it's <sighs> bloody but it doesn't feel 
over the top to me. In in the way that like uh, Hellraiser Hell Hell blah, blah, blah. Hellraiser Two Hellbound that scene on the mattress where Julia slurps her first smoothie, that was hard for me to watch. None of this in here was hard for me to watch because it's got that fake blood quality to it. I mean that, and you're, it's also still mixed with the the humor. comedy, mm-hmm. so it's still. I think there's still the same level of blood. It's just the tension surrounding it. Yeah. Um, lots of makeup for this movie. Lots of prosthetics. Lots of stop motion. Yes. Which Bruce Campbell did do some of his own little scrapes on his face. He looks quite handsome. That chin, though. That chiseled he chin. He looks so nice. That, that jawline. <laughs> yes! <laughs> um, a big shout out to Ted Raimi, who is Sam Raimi's younger brother. Yeah. He played uh, the possessed Henrietta, who was Annie's mom. Uh, this poor man. Oh, it's so awful. He he passed out several times in this suit. The suit... He would sweat so much oh. that, like, when they had they had to take mm. off the feet first so that it could drain it. Yep. But there's even one scene where Henrietta's flying through the room and the sweat is coming out the ear on screen. It's like this milky white color, too. It's disgusting. Because it's probably mixed with glue. And, oh, yeah. And everything is just melting probably underneath him. Oh, oh disgusting. <laughs> disgusting. Poor Ted. That took anywhere between three to eight hours for that makeup to get on him. I mean, it's a full bodysuit. Oh, and he hated it. <laughs> I would, too. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> he also was blind while he was in it because, much like the first movie, anyone who played a deadite had those hard contact lenses in their eyes. Yeah. Um, and that you could not see through. So, yeah. Yeah, we... They also deleted quite a few... Um, other scenes, like, not just, like, showing things off screen. So, Linda's severed head was supposed to be throwing a black bile all over Ash. They got rid of that. She was also, the severed head was also supposed to have a long snake-like tongue going into his mouth. Oh, no, thank you. While he was in the rocking chair. That went away. Um, the extended take with the blood flood was also with green and yellow blood. Yeah. So it changes different colors throughout that scene. And then there's an uh, an extended sequence of the half-headed Ed, because he's a little chopped up a little bit. (laughs) (laughs) Got the tiny And he's running after other characters while his body parts are flopping onto the floor. (laughs) Yeah, he's got, like, the fish quality that we had in, like, first movie. I can't yeah. remember who, who that was, but one of the girls, I think. <laughs> yeah. Um, possessed Ash eats a squirrel while running after Annie. Ew. And then Ash's demonic face morphed back to normal after taking his dead girlfriend's necklace. I wish we could have seen that. That would have been really cool. We see hints of it throughout the movie, but not executed uh, the way probably intended. So. Um, this was shot differently they did not go back to the same location as the first movie no they went to, oh they were in virginia oh i don't remember now it started with a w west, west uh, i don't know but the they it was in north carolina north carolina yeah what was the name wadesboro wadesboro thank you so they were there and they filmed everything inside of a school uh the the cabin was actually a set in the school gym yep 
Uh, and so that, that scene you're talking about of all the different blood that also had yellow and green off takes and stuff like that, that was the last scene they filmed because they ruined the set after doing that. Yeah. And how, also how they filmed it was they had Bruce Campbell lay flat on his back and then just dumped all the blood on top of him. <laughs> so he's practically drowning in all this fake blood. And he was, like, coughing up and, and like, sneezing oh, all these different colors for, like, two or three weeks. Oh. So he had, like, red and yellow and green and black just oh. snot for weeks. And he's just like, I'm so done. <laughs> there were injuries on set. There was a couple. So, Jake, who is kind of the hillbilly mechanic road guy that's with Bobby Joe, when he gets pulled into the cellar, he goes head first, and they hadn't, they didn't have the blood cannon correctly, so mm-hmm. it actually shot up his nose, and he almost choked and died. He's fine. He's okay. But that was 55 gallons of blood in about three and a half seconds that happened, so not great. Um, he also, when... Ted Raimi, who can't see, is reaching up and he grabs his face. Mm-hmm. He hit his nose and broke his nose. Um, and then Dan Hicks, who also played Jake, when he's hitting Bruce Campbell in the face, he actually does hit him on accident and knocks his front teeth loose. Yikes. And that you can see in the film, apparently. I didn't go back and look, because things that go wrong with teeth freak me out. Yeah. So, uh, the scene with the hand, which is probably one of my favorite scenes of all time, um, that whole scene was improvised. They just let Bruce go wild. Yes! Doing whatever he wants, wanted to do. And then also when he captures the hand, he puts books on top of the bucket that the hand's in, and the Farewell to Arms is the first book on top. I love that! <laughs> Such a good, like, little thing to sneak it in there, like. Yep. Uh, the eyeball swallowing shot was filmed in reverse. Yeah. Um, and then when Bruce Campbell, uh, is in the cellar and there's a rat on his shoulder, they nicknamed it Senior Cojones and was part of the crew. (laughs) The little rat became part of the crew. Um, the guy who played Ed, his Candirian demon look with all the teeth and stuff, a uh, couple things there. The way they made it is that he couldn't close his mouth, so he would just naturally drool because he couldn't swallow. And they liked that look. Sam Raimi's like, yeah, I like that. So they kept it. Um, his look, his demon look, was actually inspired by Fright Night's shark mouth Yep, that Amy had. So Yay. excellent, excellent. Another th- tie-in. Um, when Ash is driving away through the forest and he gets out of his car and he's getting hit with branches, Sam Raimi's controlling the branches. Yeah, the way they did that whole scene of him flying through the forest and he's spinning and all that, they took a mile-long stretch of land that had forest, they strapped him to a board, and it was a full-day shoot, and they would, Sam Raimi had full control of which way he would turn, and... Yeah. (laughs) This poor guy! He's like, you're my friend and I trust you, but... God, I hate you. <laughs> He's like that to his brother, too. Ted Raimi went through shit. Oh, yeah. It's like, we gotta get the shot. No, Sam. <laughs> right, which, and then they were a lot nicer to, like, the women. So the lady who played Bobby Joe, when she was being dragged in the forest, she's actually stationary on just a floorboard. And then behind her head is a moving piece of wood and it's got trees and stuff so it makes it look like she's moving when you do top down with the mm-hmm. camera but she's not 
And then her stuff was filmed in reverse. So when the tree branches go up into her face, that's a prosthetic, and they actually pulled it out mm-hmm. and then just Man, filming things in reverse just works so well on many, many movies. Another movie use it that uses KY Jelly. Yes. Um, the smoke coming out of the chainsaw is actually tobacco smoke. Sa- mm. uh, Sam Raimi rigged it with tubing in the back of the chainsaw and hit it off camera and blew cigarette smoke through the tube to create the effect. Excellent. <laughs> Excellent. I think they were big smokers at the time, too. At least Sam Raimi was. Oh, yeah. I'm pretty sure this was also around the time frame where, like, you could smoke wherever you wanted and nobody yep. gave a shit. Yep. Now you can't do that, but... Um, and then in the shed above the door is Freddy Krueger's glove from the first two movies. I missed that, and I would like to go back and watch and see that, but it I did miss there. that. It is there. It's just above the door. Okay. Um, and then the large demonic head ash battles in the climax of the film... Uh, the crew nicknamed it Rotten Apple, uh, and was too large and cumbersome for the crew to bring back to California, so they left it in North Carolina, and it disappeared, and then they found it being used in a Halloween haunted house attraction outside the original shooting location. Can you imagine? I worked at the place that had the old head from Evil Dead (laughs) 2! That's pretty much all my fun facts. Yeah, that's pretty much everything I've got. I mean... Honestly, it's very good. I, I very much enjoyed this one. Favorite gore moment is def- for me is definitely the massive amount of blood jumping, like dropping down onto Bruce Campbell, or when he's cutting off his hand and the blood is just spraying up I into like his face. I like that one a lot. I also both of those are. A+. I really enjoy for some reason the the body of Linda with the chainsaw coming at him, and when he takes a chain. I think he t- I can't remember if he grabs it away from her. Yeah, he does. And then he takes it down on her body. It is just, like, black goop everywhere. I you don't know. Like- I just think it's really fun. And I really <laughs> like that scene. So. Oh, so good. Uh, so this was also a movie that we didn't do kill count in the first movie. But um, we have a kill count of eight in the first movie. Okay. And a kill count of eight in this movie. Oh, okay. Eight, I, eight. I, I can see that. The gore is... I would say maybe a little bit more, but I think that's more because of the amount of blood they had spraying everywhere. Yes. Especially in the scene where he shoots the wall and the hand and it just floods. Yes. Excellent movie. Ten out of ten. (laughs) Is that our first hundred? We don't know yet. Um, So, should we grade? Do you have any taglines? I do. I gotta do that first. I got excited. She got so excited, you guys. Okay. It says, pleasure, please. I don't know why. That's a weird tagline. It says, there's only one movie scarier than The Evil Dead. Kiss Your Nerves Goodbye. Too frightening, too terrifying, too much. The comedy horror of the decade. Like, pun as in decade. And then the sequel to The Ultimate Experience in Grueling Terror which is a callback to Stephen King, calling it that in, I think, a magazine? Yeah. Um, And he also actually had a hand in having this made as well. Stephen King went to Dino De Laurentiis and said, you need to pick this up and fund this movie. Um, And he did, and that's why we have this movie now. And I'm so thankful. Once again, Stephen King, love you. 10 out of 10 for Stephen King. All day, every day. (laughs) Keeping it 100 all the time. Yeah. So, time to grade this shit. Same rules apply as mm-hmm. always, as we've just um, described before. So, 
was it a good horror sequel slash scary movie, blah, blah, blah? How you feeling about it? Ten out of ten. <laughs> Did you yeah, I gave us a ten. <laughs> I gave it a six. No! I enjoyed it. Yeah. There are just a few things that I'm looking for in scariness, but, like, okay. it's above average for me. It's, it's still good. good. It's good. I still graded it well. Uh, how was the acting? Eight. Seven. Okay. Special effects? Nine. Nine. Uh, was it a compelling story slash interesting twist? Six. Six as well. There's not... <laughs> don't get me wrong, there's not much a lo- There's not much plot to this movie. <laughs> but that's okay. It doesn't need it. It doesn't need it. Unlike Hellraiser, where there's they're trying to oh, cram God. too much plot into yeah. it. This one does the opposite, and clearly works far better yeah. with the minimal plot and just building off the universe they have already created. Yes. Uh, character development and writing. Eight. Five. Okay. So just because for the exact like mm-hmm. there's there wasn't a whole lot to go on and Ash is still the badass that he started the movie in and ended the movie in. He's fabulous this time. All right, I give us a forty-one. Thirty-three. So that gives it a total score of seventy-four. Excellent. I'm happy with that. So it's right in between your next and Ready or Not. Interesting. Very interesting. It does have a higher score than the original. Oh yeah, it's a better movie. Well yeah, <laughs> it's. Where That's, was our, where was the original movie? The original is at a 69. Oh, okay. And the remake is at a 67. Okay. Okay. So, as far as e- Evil Dead goes, it goes Evil Dead 2 OG remake. Which is unusual. Yes. I would say most of the time I'm disappointed and feel like <laughs> the second movies are most, most of the time they're money grabs instead of actual quality movies yeah this is not the case for this one for me yeah and there's only a five point difference between the original and the second movie as opposed to hellraiser which hellraiser 2 is at 44 which we just discussed Mm -hmm. and our ranking for the original was 76 yeah that's a big jump yeah the second one was bad it was I don't disagree with you. It is a movie. <laughs> it's, it's a movie. It Didn't a guarantee movie. <laughs> that it was a good one, but it's there. So, next time, mm-hmm. in two weeks, our 26th episode, now that we've crossed this little milestone of ours, Woo-hoo! we are going to be covering one of my favorite found footage movies. I know, it's rare. It's not usually my genre in the horror <laughs> film scene. Uh, we're covering Grave Encounters. And I've not seen this. From 2011. Shocker. I, I know. Haven't seen Shocker either. Uh, no, I don't even, didn't even know that was a horror movie. <laughs> so I am excited about this. I usually like found footage films. Yeah. So I am excited, but I really don't know much about what this movie about what this movie is. It's not super high quality, but most found footage films aren't. Blair Witch isn't. I love Blair Witch, so. This one you actually do see some paranormal stuff. Okay. It's... It's not going to spoil anything. It's like paranormal investigators going to a, a an asylum. So knowing how I react to paranormal paranormal things, like for my genre of horror, I like paranormal. It scares me the most. I really struggled to get through Paranormal Activity. Blair Witch scares me a lot. Like actually scares me. A lot of the slashers don't scare me, but they're entertaining to watch. The paranormal stuff actually does make me want to cry. This one. 
made some of my guy friends in college un uneasy. Okay. They were kind of scared from it. Some of them were also drunk, so that could have also played a factor. Okay. Um, I didn't watch it with them, but I had ordered late night pizza by myself, turned off all the <laughs> lights, and just sat in my dorm room watching this one and its sequel. Is this Aliens? No. Okay. It's paranormal. It's paranormal, not Aliens. Okay. Yeah. UFOs are sometimes mixed in with paranormal stuff. This one, no. Good. I'm not an alien person. No. This one is pretty much what you would see in, like, Ghost Hunters. I'm very excited. I'm very excited for this. We'll, we will obviously report back. <laughs> <laughs> yes. But, uh, yeah, anyways, hope you guys enjoyed last time having mm -hmm. Kenny on board. Thanks for sticking through all these episodes with us. I hope you're enjoying yourselves as much as we're enjoying recording for you guys. Mm -hmm. Um, and we have a lot of fun stuff, because after Grave Encounters, we got, like... Is it The Exorcist? We have The Exorcist, which is kind of like our one-year anniversary. Oh, man. But it's like our one-year anniversary. Okay, I'm, I'm Which is why excited. we're covering The Exorcist, because yes. it's, it's, it's iconic. one of the classics above the, all the classics. And this is one of the ones I'm excited to research, because it has some weird stuff around the movie. Yes. Not... not it, it, it's kind of one of those cursed films. It falls into that bucket. Yes. Also, uh, it's based off of a book, so if you oh, are yeah, intrigued, <laughs> I'm telling you now. Go read it. You can go read it. It's a short read. I had found it at, like, half-price books for $2. Yeah. That's where I found my copy. It is a $2 book. I will say that much. We will well, get into it. Was, it was... Mine was a raggedy-looking copy, and no, I mean, it was like, well No, I mean, like, the loved. content. <laughs> I know, but I'm telling you, I'm like, that is not true in my opinion. Okay, we're, we will talk this about This one it. is, like, going to be our reverse Blair Witch. I'm gonna love it, Kelly's gonna hate it, as opposed to Blair Witch, where... You hate I that hate movie. that movie, and you love that movie. Mm -hmm. I don't, I don't like saying I hate Blair Witch, because it is a decent movie. I will admit that. It's just... <laughs> I don't get anything from it, and that's my problem with it. And I did, but again, I'm scared by the paranormal, so. Right. And then October, I can't hold it anymore. I gotta, I gotta tease. We have a little bit of time. That's why we're teasing a little bit. <laughs> so in October, it's going to be the month of it. Yes, we are doing a full month of it. We will do three episodes that month instead yes, of just so two. Yes, so right after The Exorcist, we're going to do a, a, another week right after, mm -hmm. which is going to be it, chapter one, and then go continue with our every other week. So we're going to do It Chapter 1, It Chapter 2, and then our final one, landing Halloween weekend, will be us covering the original televi television short mm -hmm. as well as the book. Yes. Because there's just so much content, we can't get through all of it in one sitting. And it, it, I, I, I'm very excited to talk about it. I have a lot to talk about with it. Um, we did both read the book already, so we I read it three times. I've only read it once. It's my favorite but. Stephen King um, novel, but, yeah, it's not, and we're not covering it like our sequels, because it's It Chapter 1, It Chapter 2, it's, it's a, it's same, a genuine it's a continuation. continuation. It's, I don't view it as a sequel because it's one book. It was planned, they had to split it up because it's a thousand page novel. It's a big boy book. <laughs> and they didn't even put everything from the book in there, which, good, there are some there things, are some things I didn't that want should, to. should not be filmed. And we'll get to those. <laughs> but there are some things I think, I don't think they're necessary, and they didn't have to be in the movie, but they are definitely more important than the book. 
that didn't happen in the movie. A lot of the Patrick Hofstetter, Hofstetter? I do wish we got a little bit more of him, but there is also supposed to be a super extended Cut. mega movie that's going to be over six hours long. When does that come out? It was supposed to come out this year, but COVID. Of course. So eventually, it's pretty much a. Com- they're going to probably put it out in theaters for like a month. Where well, we're they're going. Well, obviously. Also, happy 40th anniversary to The Evil Dead. Yeah. Uh, there, that is that is coming out sometime now. There are limited tickets available in movie theaters if you want to go and watch the original Evil Dead in your local movie theater, which me and you should talk about. Um, yes, October. I'm not haunting this year. So I think I'm just uncomfortable still with the pandemic happenings going on, and, and we're just going to be super busy. So I'm like, understandable. I'll, I'll wait another year to jump back into the haunt scene. Which, uh, good luck to all my, my haunt friends, and if you guys are also <laughs> haunters, good luck this year, um, with your haunts. Should be fun. Yeah! I mean, we'll probably go to a haunted house. <laughs> He's cute. We'll, we'll go to the one where my friends are at. Okay, that's fine, I'll do that. <laughs> um, but anyways, yeah, after it, we have another movie planned, but after that... We could use some suggestions. Yes, for sure. So come tell us your suggestions of what you want us to cover. Yeah, and we'll maybe cover anything from the horror genre. Anything. Really, we anything that you want. We'll look at it. We will watch it. Um, we're okay with anything as old as like we hundred years ago. To. We're okay <laughs> with something that came out this year. Doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Doesn't matter what genre, as long as it has a horror tag. In the genres, mm-hmm. it's considered. Yes. Plain and simple. So, come give us your suggestions yes, at yes. Twitter, at A Unnerved, mm-hmm. at Facebook. You can join our Facebook group and reach out to Kelly and I and anybody else in our group um, at Unnerved, a horror movie podcast. Um, we'll probably, sh- you can also rate and review us. Mm-hmm. And tell your friends. Tell your friends. Tell them to give us suggestions. Yep. <laughs> we we have so much content that we want to give you, but we want to know what you guys want us to do because, you know me, I'm about them slashers, so I could just talk about slashers for months on end. <laughs> but no, we need some variety. We need, we need opinions because we're heavily opinionated. I mean, if this if this episode wasn't enough to know <laughs> that we're opinionated, real quick, so far out of the. 26, 7, 27 movies, because we had a bonus yeah, episode for Halloween, Halloween, and we did two, actually 28, because we did two for Ring and two for Now. What is your favorite movie that we've covered? Score unrelated. I'm just looking up our episode list real quick. I also have it up, too. Um, yeah, we'll go that way. <laughs> like, favorite one, if you had to pick. I had to pick. <laughs> <laughs> Evil Dead 2. <laughs> that one's given me the most joy to watch, honestly. I'm glad. The scariest movie that I've watched, though, that is not my scariest movie. The one that gave me probably the biggest issues, The Eyes of My Mother. That is probably my scariest. That was my borderline movie where it started to push my boundaries and I didn't. I didn't necessarily enjoy it. I don't want to watch it again, but it is the creepiest one we've seen. Yeah. I I would agree with you. Like, that one also made me even feel 
a little uncomfortable, which is rather hard to do for me because I've watched a lot. Like, I watched Collector and Hostel. Mm -hmm. I'm in haunts, so I see them, that kind of gruesome stuff pretty frequently. I'm in groups yeah. where I just see everybody's creative side for, but just the visual effects they weren't even, like, super effects, and some of them were even off-screen. It just was disturbing. It's really It was really the hard. environment. Yeah. That's what it was. It was the environment. So I would agree with you on that one. If I had to pick a favorite that we've watched so far, a favorite that I we watched together for the first time, me watching it for the first time, was Willie's. Willie's Wonderland is excellent. My favorite out of all of the ones, Nightmare on Elm Street and Evil Dead are pretty much neck and neck because... Evil Dead 2 is just so hilarious and so <laughs> wonderful, but Nightmare on Elm Street is my, one of my OGs that I, I was yes. introduced to this, so that's why. That's a favorite for you, definitely. That is. It is a favorite. It's because Freddy. Freddy is just so iconic to me. I need to see some sequels. I think. I think you'll like the third one. We gotta get through the second one, though. Yeah, we gotta get through Scream Queen first, so. Yes. So, anyways, I gave you our plugs where to find us. If you like our artwork, yes, go and visit my sister Danielle at Danny Draws Dragons on Instagram. Link is in the description. Go check her out. She's fabulous. I love our little. Oh like, yeah, she does a lot of great stuff. She's very talented. She does commissions too. Yes. <laughs> go go check her out. Go check her out. Any hoozles. We'll see you guys in two weeks for Grave Encounters. Whoop whoop whoop. <laughs> <laughs> Bye. Oh wait. Wait what? Stay spooky. <laughs> oh, and stay safe. Yes. Can't, no. can't be forgetting stay spooky. No, I can't. I'm so sorry. Stay spooky, everybody. All day, <laughs> every day. October, she a coming. <laughs> it is officially Halloween season, according to Hobby Lobby, so get yourself some pumpkins go and to some Hobby pumpkin Lobby. spice. Just go live in the aisles of Hobby Lobby. I would. <laughs> Re-listen to all of our episodes while you wait in the depths of Hobby Lobby. Yes. <laughs> Yes. Hiding from the management. <laughs> 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 right. Any <laughs> Bye! Bye! <laughs>